Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 23rd, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Eddie Elliott Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Fran Mirabella. What's going on? Happy to be back. Another day. Yeah, um, man. Two days in a row. I know. And I think it's been three times, uh, you know, almost in a row hosting with you lately. So my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. I know Tim complimented your beard yesterday, and I want to compliment it again. <laughs> it is looking great. You know, I like to mix it up. And yeah, it's funny seeing there's, of course, like a bunch of like new YouTube comments about the beard since it'd been, I think, like a month since, mm. you know, I came on and was on yesterday. So yeah, I keep telling people I really have no plan with it. It just got to the point that people would keep the beard. So I'm like, all right, now it's been, you know, three months or whatever. So uh, keep it, definitely keep it, but take care of it, friend. <sighs> take care of it. Okay. Sure. Don't turn into my dad who was growing out his beard the entire time we've been sheltering in place. And then he, he started to look. Not, not great. A little haggard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Duly noted. Yeah, definitely take care of it. That's a, that's one of the reasons I shaved mine is because I got to the point where I was like, I just don't. I I I'm new to this and I don't feel like putting in the upkeep. And it's one of those things where you know you you mentioned comments are like, dude, keep it, keep it. I had yeah. the thing where comments were divided on my beard, <laughs> like like the whole the whole process of growing it. There are so many people that are like, dude, it's it's working. Keep the beard. You're rocking it. And then like the other half are like, nah, man, shave. And yeah. I very much was like, I'm ignoring all that and just doing what I want to do. You know, and I'm gonna yeah. rock, I'm I'll, I'm gonna rock with it for now because I wanted to see where it goes. But I did hit the point where I was like, it's time. I'm tired of this. It's time to yeah. go back to my old self. Yeah, I don't feel like it's it's me personally. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, I don't know. But for now, we keep it. So uh, we'll see. Madam Madam Megan in the chat, bless nails it. Blessing's jawline is too good to cover with a beard. She's right. That's She's the right. nailed it. I also noticed that when I when I shaved the beard and I came back on shows, I would see myself and go, "Man, I've been Who's hiding that all chiseled this." Man? man, right Who's there. Who's that yeah. man right there? Oh man, looking like a snack. That's what they're gonna call me now. Bless the snack, <laughs> Adelia Jr. You know what I mean. <laughs> Fran, enough about it. snacks. Let's talk about video game news. Today's stories include Hades continuing his game of the year dominance, Destiny 2 adding transmog, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you our invincible episode seven reactions are up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny uh, i am on that one along with the regular crew and let me tell you man invincible is a show you must be watching if you want to know why go ahead and check out our reactions do they have spoilers the answer is yes so maybe watch the show first and then check out our reactions but you should, for sure should be watching uh invincible uh and so those went up and then our falcon and the winter soldier finale reactions are going up today i think those are literally being recorded right now as i speak and so look forward yep. to those going up do you know what else is going up today barrett maybe tomorrow morning depending on how this shakes Ooh. out uh, mortal combat in oh. review <laughs> wait what was that friend i said dogecoin dogecoin no, is dead oh dogecoin might be going on going up i have no idea hold is it still going up what's this what's no, the status it, on it's back it, down it, to its it, it's it peaked at like 50 cents and then yeah it's, it's back down to 20 plus it's, it's it's not looking great uh but yeah I, I think the plan is mortal Kombat in review is supposed to go up as soon as possible uh yeah. so look forward to that uh tonight if if 
something goes wrong tomorrow morning. And also, Xcast this week goes up tomorrow morning. YouTube.com yeah, slash kind of funny games. It is a busy day. Around, around, around the world. Podcast services around the world. Like Fridays on Fridays at kind of funny are crazy because that is when new episodes of shows go up. And with our reaction stuff, it's fun because for one, we had to do our Invincible and Falcon reactions. And the Falcon reactions are happening right now. What that meant was for Mortal Kombat, because Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Mortal Kombat, I believe, went up towards midnight last night. That meant that either the, the choices were everybody stays up till 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. watching these shows and then wake up today and then do our reactions. Or uh, we do what we're doing, which is right now, after I finish Kind of Funny Games Daily, my job is to immediately watch Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and so I'm watching Mortal Kombat right after this. And then right when, I, right when we're finished. We then record Mortal Kombat in review, and I'm looking forward to that. So Don't forget to, to order Kombat. some good food while you're at it. Oh, dude, 100. percent I'm getting some pizza. Looking forward to it. Uh, Fran, are you looking forward to Mortal Kombat? People keep asking me this, and uh, obviously the the first you know film that came out was an exciting time. But I don't know. It hasn't. It for whatever reason of being trapped inside, it hasn't been like, oh my god, I can't wait. So. Uh, if people push me, you're like, you have to watch this, I probably will. But if it doesn't become that, if that's not the reaction, it'll fall off my radar for years mm-hmm. to come, probably. Now, another question for you. Do you plan to play a game called Returnal? Yes. After seeing the recent footage, um, I just saw a little bit. I'm trying not to like look at too much of it. But uh, I was like, this is heavily inspired by Metroid. Whether or not the game yeah. ends up playing like it, I don't know. I know you got to check some out. Uh so yeah, I mean, you tell me. Should I definitely I mean, check it out? But <laughs> yeah, my first impressions are up, which is an, another piece of housekeeping. You can check that out on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, and yeah, dude, I'm I've been enjoying it so far. It's been messing up my sleep schedule. Actually, <laughs> I and keep get- staying up super late playing this game because, in my first impressions, I compare it a lot to Hades meets Control meets uh, Metroid, and it has that it has that Hades. A good formula gameplay loop where it's a roguelite and you want to keep going over and over again and get further and further in your really run. yeah and i i played it pretty much non like i'm any any uh free time i have i'm spending it playing returnal and when i when i am not playing returnal because i'm busy i am upset that i'm not playing returnal it is addicting it is a this roguelite is so yeah maybe we shouldn't dive too deep into it but you uh is this like the final code review code that you were able to play or i don't know if yeah. you can say but okay. yeah uh yeah i don't think I, I don't think i'm restricted on saying that and so yeah like i the code was provided by playstation fcc, FCC don't sue me um and <laughs> I, we were able to put up preview impressions for the first two biomes uh so i can talk about those all i want um and I, as of now i've not paid i've not made it past the first two biomes because the game okay. is super it, difficult that was the thing that i wasn't dope. Oh yeah, like I, that was the thing I wasn't expecting, and it's a welcome welcome challenge because again I've spent so many hours in just the first two biomes, and they're kicking my ass. But I'm also like, mm. I'm gonna fight back. I want to I want to keep going. I want to keep uh, making my way forward, and it's really enjoyable. Wow, so like super fast. It has like gear loadout type stuff, or that you you know it's got depth to like a yes gear loadout. It's not just replaying the same level because it's hard. Yeah, well gear. Gear loadout is an interesting one because at any point you can only have a max of one gun, at least so far where I'm at in the game. And there are different guns. They, there are different types of weapons you can pick up. And so there's a pistol. There is a, I guess, machine gun is what I'll call it. There's a shotgun type weapon. There's all like alien-ish weaponry. Mm. Uh, and so you have different guns, but then you also have consumables that you can pick up. Like all the stuff that you're using through your run are things that you're picking up during your run. And so cool. – 
you're picking up new guns, you're picking up consumables, which give you special abilities, and then you're also leveling up your weapon proficiency, which means that the more you use your guns, the better they become. Uh, and you can also pick up items in the world that'll then level up those guns right. and make them stronger. And then you also have a bunch of other stuff. Like, it is it is okay. roguelite mechanics where the further you get in your run, the, the stronger and stronger you're getting. Basically. Cool, man. All right. Well, we'll have to check out your eternal impressions. Heck yeah, look for look forward to that on a show called PS I Love You XOXO, which is going up next week, but not at its regular time. PS I Love You XOXO usually goes up uh, on Tuesdays. It is being pushed until later in the week, uh, which also means there will be no Patreon live recording for that one. But be on the lookout for that episode when it drops next week. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Tom Bach, Trent Berry, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, ExpressVPN, and HelloFresh, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, Fran, would it surprise you if I told you that Hades continues to dominate it's game of the year run. It doesn't. I mean, we can't stop talking about Hades anywhere. It seems whether in the top news story or in the housekeeping. Exactly, Hades just keeps coming up. Uh, it came up at the Dice Awards. I'm going to pull from J- Jeffrey Rousseau at GamesIndustry.biz, who gives us a breakdown on how it's done. Today, and this is yesterday. Today, Super Giant Games Hades. Uh, Super, Super Giant Games' Hades won Game of the Year at the 24th Annual Dice Awards, one of five honors the game received. It earned this achievement ahead of Animal Crossing New Horizons, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us 2, Part 2. The DICE Award organizers, the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, awarded Hades with Outstanding Achievement for Game Direction, Outstanding Achievement for Game Design, Outstanding Achievement for an Independent Game, and Action action Game of the Year. Ghost of Tsushima won the next next most categories with four awards, including Adventure Game of the Year, uh, the only other multiplayer award, the only other multiple award winners were Half Life Alex and The Last of Us Part Two, each of which won two categories. The full list of winners go like this. Fran, are you ready? Um, I'm ready. So Hades won Game of the Year, Action Game of the Year went to Hades, Adventure Game of the Year went to Ghost of Tsushima, Family Game of the Year went to Animal Crossing New Horizons, Fighting Game of the Year went to Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Racing Game of the Year went to Mario Kart Live, Role Playing Game of the Year went to Final Fantasy VII Remake, Sports Game of the Year went to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, Strategy Slash Simulation went to Microsoft Flight Simulator, Immersive Reality Technical Achievement went to Half-Life Alex. Immersive Reality Game of the Year went to Half-Life Alex. Mobile Game of the Year was Legends of Runtara. Online Game of the Year, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Outstanding Achievement in Game Design went to Hades. Outstanding Achievement for an Independent Game went to Hades. Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, Hades. Outstanding Achievement in Animation, The Last of Us Part 2. Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. Outstanding Achievement in Character went to Marvel Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales. Outstanding Achievement in Original Music Composition Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, achievement in audio design went to Ghost of Tsushima. Achievement in story went to The Last of Us Part Two, and then technical technical achievement went to Dreams. Fran, do any of these stick out to you? I mean, number one, PlayStation sticks out to me. So uh, had a great let's call it the one of the last years, I guess, of PlayStation Four. But um, man, crushed it with uh, exclusives like Final Fantasy Seven, and then 
you know, Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us. But personally, yeah, I could see it must have been a really tough year. Uh, sometimes you obviously have, uh, let's call it an easier choice. Some things just stand out as obvious. I think it probably was pretty tough for them. But uh, so happy for Hades. Um, I was so stoked about that game when it came out in Alpha. I was actually seeing praises of it on uh Games, uh, games cast and trying to get everybody to play it, and that was in its early form, and I was getting addicted. So, congrats to that game. Uh, full disclosure: I actually have had to avoid the final game because I've had so much other stuff to grind to keep on a top of. And I guess part of it was okay. I already kind of like checked it out, and I'll get back to it. But um, the more and more I keep seeing it win awards and get high reviews, I'm like, I'm feeling bad about it. So it's it's on my list, but um, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to have time to uh, to knock it out this year, but it will happen. Yeah, Hades is one that it doesn't surprise me anymore when these award shows happen and it's dominating for the 2021 discussion. Uh, the one that does surprise me a little bit is how well Ghost of Tsushima did. Because Ghost of Tsushima is, is another one where the audience love it, loves it. I love that game. And pl- I know plenty of critics really do enjoy Ghost of Tsushima. But when it came out, I don't think it was one that spoke to critics being like this is art this is next level this is uh this is the one right in the way that a game like hades or even the last of us part two did but surprisingly the last of us part two took away only two awards and i wonder how much of that is uh the competition that it's in seemingly with hades during all these award shows like yeah. it's usually going to one or the other and i think hades had that special stuff and had that special story around it that is giving it that extra push yeah, I mean, it, it, it is an amazing achievement for a small team, too. I think it's hard to, even though you just have to look at the game itself when you make these decisions, I'd say. Um, I just think it stands out as as something that really is an amazing achievement. It's got so much character. Um, it feels fresh in that way, I think. Yeah. And so, it, but yeah, it must have been a tough decision. But yeah, I mean, it, as much sort of initial controversy as there was about commentary around Last of Us 2, the game itself, I thought, man amazing so outstanding i look at something like the technical direction category here as well and i I, um, am happy for dreams obviously but when i look at a game like last of us 2 and the stuff that that game does that you don't realize it's doing is like oh yeah unreal and i had so many moments as a fan of gaming and the technology behind it where i was like you know you look at the animation category and that trust me that was probably an obvious choice um, there's so much that Last of Us does that makes it so immersive. Um, that anyway, it was one of my favorite games of last year um, from all these categories. But um, it would have been a tough choice for me uh, if you asked me what was my game of the year. I honestly, I, I'd take it so seriously. I'd be like, well, let me get back to you in a few weeks. But uh, Last of Us Two was way up there. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and then yeah. I mean, like we're said, in, we're in April now. Like, do you not have a definitive yeah. one? Well, I just don't. When I don't get put on the panel or, or my feet held to the fire, I don't do that. I guess maybe mm-hmm. it was my many years at IGN when it's like, okay, we got to decide game of the year and put me in a room. But if I wasn't on that panel, I'd be like, I don't know, you know, because I, it's the authorship of when I put my, you know, choice down, I feel like I'm like, that's set in stone. And anyway, I, it would be a tough choice between a lot of these. And like, I look at a game like half like Alex, by the way, um, I think that would have been way up there. Um, I saw some of that game and like, pretty unreal the stuff they pulled off in alex as well i know i think it's a shorter game but uh yeah it was a tough year so i I couldn't choose but last of us 2 is is way up there for me yeah half-life alex is one is one that uh i think gets held back so much by being a vr game that like is on that that is not even available on every single vr platform right like you have to have specific 
uh, a specific PC that can run that thing with specific hardware. Like I can't I can't even play it on PSVR or Oculus mm-hmm. Quest without having to do the Oculus Link thing. Um, and that's one game that I, I, I wonder how well it would have done in these runnings if it were available just to play as a non VR game, but also like how much of, how much of that is stripped away, right? Like how much of, how, how much is Alex, Half-Life Alex such an incredible game because it's doing incredible things in the VR space, uh, as opposed to just being an incredible game period. Yeah. But that it's, uh, yeah, you nailed it, which is if it was more widely accessible, um, I think it just would have had more buzz. It definitely would have been more top of mind on a lot of these choices. But you you hit the nail on the head too with the whole is it a VR thing? But that's the thing. It's a this whole new medium really in gaming, and it's it broke through in a lot of ways. And I think it probably could have easily you know um, been game of the year. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because it's caught in this new medium which not everybody has, and that that stands out when you're making these choices. So I think we'll look back on it and and realize how much it did that other vr games now are trying to catch up with you know in the future fran let's talk about story number two destiny 2 finally adds transmog and it's a hassle i'm pulling from adam bankhurst at ign destiny 2 is finally adding a transmog system that'll let players change an armor's appearance to another desired one but it's a bit of a hassle. As detailed by Bungie, Destiny 2's upcoming transmog system arrives in a few short weeks and is called Armor Synthesis, but it takes a bit of work to actually use it. The first step in the process requires players to, to collect synth strand from defeating enemies. Once 150 synth strand is earned, players can visit 801 in the tower to acquire class-specific bounties that reward synth cord upon completion. This is a fun new story to do because I don't understand half these words, but I know Fran's nodding along like, oh man, I know exactly no, what No, I don't understand is. either, but I, I oh, have okay. a little more to go on, I guess. <laughs> there will be five categories of armor synthesis bounties, including Vanguard, Crucible, Gambit, Destinations, and Raid and Dungeons. A few examples of these bounties are as follows. Complete playlist strikes using specific subclasses, accumulate points in nightfall strikes capture zones in crucible control matches uh and they go on to list a few more Mm -hmm. once enough is gathered players will need to convert the synth cord at the loom in the tower (laughs) into synth weave which can then be used to convert an unlocked armor appearance uh legendary quality or lower from collections into a universal armor ornament players will be able to earn up to 10 synth weave per class per season except in the season of redacted which will let players earn 10 additional synth weave per class via an introductory experience there are also other exceptions that apply to this armor synthesis process including that exotic armor pieces cannot take on the appearance of another armor set as quote we want to maintain their appearance for players to quickly identify and understand what exotic perks a player may have in all activities end quote furthermore year one armor ornaments will also not be eligible for transmog although fix is in the works for a future season fran you know all this <laughs> destiny shit you know all the you know most of the lingo well where do you stand with all this yeah uh first of all let's just put it out there that if i go off on some wild tangent you need to interrupt me and say fran we got to move on i so, mean just I, in listen, case i have nothing happens. to say about this new story and so this yeah. is your chance to get on your soapbox all interrupt you. Me. Knock dead, it's fran. all you guys um but uh secondly just to make sure everybody understands what the heck like if you search for transmog on uh, twitter right now it's all about destiny because 
uh, what that is, right, if you haven't gone through this in previous games like uh, Diablo or WoW or whatever, um, it's, you know, you get armor and gear with stats that you're wearing that make you look really stupid in a lot of ways because they're mixed and matched. And some have systems where you keep the stats and you put on a skin, basically, and you say, okay, I want to look like this but have these stats of this new stuff that I just earned without um, it looking like that. So anyway, this has been requested for many years you, you know the way you look in a game like destiny is super important honestly the game is incredible looking and so mm-hmm. it's it's really been a disadvantage that you kind of get stuck with a lot of this armor and you can't just look cool throughout your experience so they're finally introducing that so you know everybody's super excited about it um but there's a lot of controversy here because yeah they're set they're time gating is what's happening um your ability they're doing a couple things. They're gate actually not even time gating. They are gating you period on how much you can change your appearance, uh, period. And so you have five pieces of armor that you put on, and what you're doing is earning a currency to transform each one of those. You can do that in the first season, which will be about I don't know. Actually, it's going to go on for a lot of months, but it's normally like about four months long. Mm-hmm. So with each season, they're saying you can do 10 pieces per season. That's it. You have to make the choice. So this first season, you're going to be able to do 20 pieces, which would be, let's assume you do sets, which would come in five pieces. You can do four sets within a season. Let me tell you, there's a ton of armor. So we got to take this back to the fact that we've also been playing this game for seven years or Destiny 2 for you know three or four years. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of sets and stuff that I think people were looking forward to finally putting on um, instead of you know this crazy mismatch, so it's really not gone over well with a lot of the community because it it says wait there's a li- there's a limit on how much you can do grinding for it, which you outlined with the synth cord, which you turn into the next currency, which you turn into the next. Effectively, you're just grinding until you can turn in your piece and, and convert it. Is all that that really means? Um, I will say number one is easily misunderstood that. Uh, there's some importance to that, I think. If, you, if, if everybody can put on a piece of armor that they've earned, even um, less rare armors and make a full set, you look pretty dope. And in other words, I think by grinding to have a nice-looking set, it's good because there will be some rarity to the sets. Not everybody's just wearing whatever they want. So I do think that that part was important, and I understand that they kind of got to put some gates on it. But to say that you only get 20 pieces out if they have so much gear... Is, is tough for people. And on top of that, it is not a free-to-play game for everybody. And this does send you to the store eventually. And you go looking, and you can buy templates for this currency, apparently. And I don't know if there's a limit on how much you can do. It's $10 for a full set. Now you're getting into that whole thing. And I think it's, it's hard to not assume that that's a cornerstone of this concept, that they're sitting there and saying, look, not everybody wants to do this anyway. And most people are only going to wear a few of these every season anyway. The most hardcore you know, are the ones that are going to grind for it. You know, They'll be fine. And four to start is plenty. Then two every season after probably is fine. But the reaction without going through it from everybody is like, uh, you, I don't know, do you want me to buy more? Is that what's going on here? And why mm-hmm. after seven years for some of us it's uh, – it's a really like knee jerk reaction that's happening. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, controversy over it. Um, and do you, other what do you think that, is the right way to to go about it? Like, would it just be to let people transmog however much they want, or would that mess up balance at all in the game? Yeah, like I said, I think there's a there truly is a gameplay nuance to consider that if everybody can just do whatever they've earned in the past for for uh, only a little bit of grinding, mm-hmm. it does lose its specialty. 
And without playing it, it's, it is hard for me to say, like, does that matter? Like, do I care if you've only played the game for 25 hours and you actually got a decent uh, rare set and you look pretty dope? Am I, am I like, wait, but I put in all this time. I should be rewarded to look cool. I don't know. It's hard without playing it to, like, definitively say it. But what I can say is coming out and saying, well, you'll get four sets, you know, for the first season. And after that, you only get two sets per season. That you, Or sets is a little misleading because it's whatever pieces you want to do, you can mix and match. But um, it just sounds limited. Like, yeah, it's pushing me to, to buy. I'll be honest. It, it sounds mm-hmm. like it's saying, look, two's enough. You want more. We are going to block that behind the store. And, I, again, I don't know if there's a limit on how much you can buy. I mean, that's a another controversy potentially waiting to happen. Like, if I spend $100, that would be 10 sets, right? So, I don't know. That's what we're worried about. It sounds like that's maybe what it's pushing us towards. But we got to get our hands on it. And I said it on Twitter the other day at the end of this type of rant was, I do believe in, we got to play it first. We got to check it out before we condemn a system. So, I do stand by that. I always believe that in gaming. But... A lot of people are skeptical, and I certainly um, am not. After all these years, I'm like, I feel like it's a pretty big miss, especially in messaging. You know, it doesn't address that we would obviously have this reaction. <laughs> yeah. So this is all this has all been very fascinating to to follow from the outside as somebody who hasn't played Destiny two since I beat the Leviathan raid, uh, mm-hmm. because it it I I think this speaks to how complicated and how uh deep this stuff can get when you have a games as a service that has been around for long enough to where the economies and the systems have evolved and you know as bungie it is your responsibility to listen to the audience and understand like what their needs are and what updates to give so that you are speaking to so that you are you are uh developing the game with them in a way that feels good for them but at the same time you're making sure that everything is equal and balanced and works the way that you want it to work and yeah. it's it's fascinating from the outside because it sounds just hearing hearing you talk about it and reading through the news story and seeing all the lingo and all the stuff, I'm like, man, that sounds so deep. And this makes sense to why you'll hear stories about companies. I, I think the, the um, there was a news story recently about how Naughty Dog, for the most player game, was hiring uh, somebody who's good with the economy so that, the, so that you can have somebody that's actually managing that and their pure yeah. role is to manage economy. And it's like... Dude, video games have gotten here, man. Where yeah. <laughs> it is a task when you're when you're taking care of something that is live and online and ever growing, and you need to make sure that everything is up to standard, or else like, or else it becomes an actual problem. Like, like not just in-game economy, but then that translates to real-world money issues and spending issues for players and stuff that yeah. goes from yeah. in-game problems to in real world like, hey, this is fucked up kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the good news is the controversy is what I was explaining. The fact is in the game, I mean, there's a ton of beautiful stuff to wear that you can earn anyway. Only if you care about the deepest of getting a good stat roll and everything and making an intellect recovery set, you know, not everybody does that. And that's another place that's not probably not being talked about, you know, because it's deep. It's like, that's what Bungie's looking at. Probably they're like, how many Mm -hmm. people really even have, you know, that care to do this so it's like i said it's it's a vanity um thing as well it's just the way that you look in the game it's not game it's not a game breaking thing but we're also at the end of this latest year in terms of seasonal content it's winding down the next big destiny release actually got pushed out a little bit to early next year so we're all kind of bored too so unfortunately it's this big game-changing thing for a lot of us um that play it a lot but we have nothing else to talk about so yeah it's gonna generate a lot of heat right now and who knows maybe it'll be old news you know in a month or so 
Fran, speaking of economy, let's talk about story number three. CD Projekt Red refunded around 30,000 Cyberpunk 2077 copies. This is from Brendan Sinclair at GamesIntry.biz. After Cyberpunk 2077 launched in December in a rougher state than expected, CD Projekt Red offered full refunds to any customers disappointed by the game. In a post-earnings conference call today, and this is yesterday, uh, CD Projekt Red uh, executives gave some insight into how many people actually took the studio up on its offer. CD Projekt reported spending $2.23 million on its Help Me Refund program, which included the cost of processing refund payments to customers around the world. When asked how many copies of the game that that equated to, an executive said it worked out to around 30,000 refund requests. Cyberpunk 2077 sold 13.7 million copies through the end of 2020 in total. Executives warned that the sales curve for the game may not be typical for a number of reasons, specifically noting the impact of the game being pulled from sale on the PlayStation Store and how that move by Sony may have influenced gamers' purchasing decisions on other platforms as well. The company also reported that Cyberpunk 2077 had a total budget of $316 million. More than half of the copies sold, uh, 56%, were on PC or Stadia, followed by PlayStation 4, which had 28%, and then Xbox One, which had 17% of sales. 30,000 refunds seems like a small number for how big of a controversy there has been around Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack there in terms of, like, were all 13.7 million copies eligible for this refund? You know, I can't remember if there would be any, you know, um, other, you know, outlying issues that you couldn't do. But, yeah, the fact is, it's, I was trying to do the math real fast. I think it's 0.2%, of the people who bought it returned and said, yeah, I don't want this. So. That's not much. If you look at 30,000 copies, though, and you think about some games, you're like, okay, 30,000 copies of a game is decent. It's not a huge game release, but it's still 30,000 copies. But yeah, for them, um, even though they spent, it looks like $316 million in on it, uh, raw numbers without doing rev share cuts, they had over $800 million in revenue um, if it was a $60 average purchase for each one of those. And it probably was even bigger average purchase, right, with limited editions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not a lot, but I don't think it removes the fact of that's, that's returns. That's not dissatisfied. So, oh, yeah. Like, right. If you had to guess how many of those 13.7 million were dissatisfied, they, they wanted something better. They expected better. Oh, what I would paid. say a large, por- like, I mean, we're looking at, again, to those percentages, right? 56 of those, 56% of those copies were sold on PC or Stadia. And then fo- that's followed by 28% on PS4 and Xbox, or 28% on PS4, 17% on Xbox One. There's a large amount of those people on PS4 and Xbox One who are probably like, what the fuck, man? This game should run better. And I, that obviously like depends on what exact console you're playing it on. Are you playing it on base PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5? Um, but a large portion are probably playing those games on an older console. And even though even the people that are playing those games on the best consoles are probably still having issues that are that, that are making them go, ah, oh, what the yeah, fuck, I mean- man? And that's not even talking about the game itself, which does still have issues, even if you are playing the best version of it, whether you want to talk about glitches or you want to talk about th- things like the uh, like how the cops behave in the game and yeah. maybe people who are who might be dissatisfied with even narrative stuff. Right. Which might be like a whole different thing, because I, I that's going to change from person to person. I really like the story of Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. But 
there's a whole range of things that that yeah. people can come that can bring to the table in terms of hey i wasn't feeling this in this game and if we're talking about dissatisfaction with cyberpunk 2077 oh yeah the number way exceeds thirty thousand. yeah and but that's the thing you know there's always the other side how many people were like nah it was fine you know it wasn't the the be all end all maybe for some uh but also i do know some people that loved it but it's oh, yeah. uh i'm one of those people that loved it like i, I loved yeah. it when i played it on pc uh and like Again, I'm in a blessed position where I played that game on a very good PC and I played that game I played that game before the day one patch. And so I was in a situation where I was like, cool, I am playing this with just my own experience because I was in the review cycle. You know, I don't have to worry about like any other any other person's uh 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 review or any other people's experience. I'm playing this game with my own with with just my own experience with it, which yeah. meant that all the glitches I was experience, uh, experiencing, I was like, all right, well, this will probably be fixed with the day one patch. And then also, I just had the thing of, like, I think with Cyberpunk, when you when things start to open up and be, more people got their hands on the game, started to talk about the game, and more and more of the true nature of the game started to get revealed, that clued people into, oh yeah, this isn't this isn't as magical as maybe I thought it was going to be when I picked up the game or pre-ordered it. Um, but with my experience in mind, right, like I fucking love the game. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's unfortunate yeah, it, that so many people didn't get to. Yeah, it, it like you were touching on before. There's such a range of what people talk about. They may have been disappointed with, or mm. but uh, I'm with you. I think the game was really cool in a lot of ways. Um, I was lucky because yeah, on PC, even though I had some issues, uh, it was okay overall. But it had like a, that open world sandbox weirdness that actually I've always given GTA flack for. As much as I like a lot about GTA, I'm like, dude, this is janky. And mm. this to me, this game has a lot of that going on. But you start to realize that putting the marketing aside, you're like, oh, yeah, of course it's still that kind of like weird, you know, occasionally a car is going to fall from the sky. But it didn't really break the game. It was actually funny. Um, but a lot of people, I think it's 45%, uh, I was trying to do that number real fast. It is like 45% were on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, according to 44. these numbers. 44. Or, yes, 44. Because 56... Oh, math. Yeah, 56% were on PC. That means 44%. Oh, yeah, wait. Somebody did the, the... But that actually means we're missing... Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The math and the 56% plus the other two doesn't quite net out, but that's all right. In any event, because uh, 28% oh, and 17% saying. is 45 but uh, either way... Uh, it is a lot of people. It's uh, like 6 million people or more. So um, I was kind of thinking about that and like how many of those people truly struggled until like it got updated. And it's a lot, you know. And so <clears throat> anyway, I think I think because you didn't see that many returns, people were still like, I'm still fine with it, you know, in the end. But um, no doubt, I think everybody walked away from we probably could have waited till the game got in shape. And I think that's the real story here that I tried to highlight in the past, which is why did it need to come out? We don't even have the next gen versions yet. Like in the state that it was in, like what happened in the, the industry here that the push and promise was so much that it had to come out. Yeah. Um, I know they spent over, you know, the $300 million on it and there's a lot to risk and promises made, but the industry we live in said you did that instead of just releasing it what this year and making the eight hundred million anyway. I don't understand the economics there. What's the problem? So, Fran, I did I did the math for you because I also noticed <laughs> that something was up. So the percentages <laughs> they give right are fifty six percent were on PC or Stadia, PlayStation Four had twenty eight percent, and then Xbox One had seventeen percent. That adds mm -hmm. up to one hundred and one. Which yeah, either yeah. that means that <laughs> somebody miscalculated, or maybe that's just like a business thing of they might for be some like, reason they might be like rounding up a percent yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, exactly. it's all right. It's we're all right. But you're all right. right here. If, 
if everybody's on top of your wrong, it wasn't us. It was in the story. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fran, before we move on to our next news story, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. And as Tim pointed out yesterday, that's a wild party you're at. (laughs) Uh, There's something for everyone at DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Are you running out of shows to watch? Would you like access to the next upcoming anime or British crime drama? Let me tell you, man. I I talked about Luther last time I was on the show. I'll talk about it again. All right? The British crime dramas are nothing to sleep on. Luther was a masterpiece, and it it deserves better. Dang it. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. I'm going to spoil, like, part of the first episode of Luther, right? This is not not even a spoiler. This is just how dope Luther is. All right. He has he has a, a woman right that he's interrogating because she just went through her husband dying and she and he's like, all right, let's talk. You know, let's try and get to the bottom of this. And she's distraught and all this stuff. Right, Luther. He's suspecting like some weird weirdness is going on in the situation. Do you know what he does? As he's interrogating this girl, he lets out a yawn. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go back in the back room, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my people, see what we can do. He leaves, the, he leaves the interrogation room, starts talking to his people, and do you know what he says to, to one of the uh, police, police chiefs? He's like, she did it. Wow. She did it. Wow. They're like, how do you know? He's like, he didn't yawn. Whoa. Or she didn't yawn. When you yawn in front of other people, they yawn. Do it. Right? What? Yawns are contagious. She had a straight face. She did it. Uh, uh, all right. And you know what? Luther did she do it? <laughs> You'll have to watch Luther to find out, Barrett. Go watch Luther. It's a dope uh, show and I don't know where you can access it right now. Maybe if you get ExpressVPN, you can access it uh, in the UK. Uh, ExpressVPN, ExpressVPN lets you change your <laughs> online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. Open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect, and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. Choose from almost 100 different countries. Watch Studio Ghibli films on UK Netflix. Watch anime on Japanese Netflix. Watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix. This works with any streaming device, Hulu, BCI Player, YouTube, and more. You can stream in HD, no problem, no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. Not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Go to expressvpn.com games to get an extra three months free of ExpressVPN. That's expressvpn.com games. Lastly, 
We're brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers 25-plus recipes to choose from each week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh has a wide variety of easy, delicious options for all three meals of a day, plus every snack and special treat in between. Kind of funny, loves HelloFresh. Uh, many of us on the team have used it. I've used it. Tim's used it to make home cooking n- nutritional and easy. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12games and use code 12games. That's 1-2-games. The number is 1-2-games for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12games and use code 12games for 12 free meals, including free shipping. America's number one meal kit. Go watch Luther, everybody. Is that the one with Story number four. It's the one with Idris Elba, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. He's a UK cop, and he, like, he just, he's not afraid to break the rules to do what is Whoa. needed to be done, Barrett. I've never, I've never seen a show like that. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Idris Elba. Doing what Idris Elba does best. Story number four, uh, Raven has been hiring like crazy to support Warzone. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. Raven Software has discussed how Call of Duty Warzone's massive success has impacted developments behind the scenes at Madison, at the Madison, Wisconsin-based studio. Activision's free-to-play Battle Royale game has been a smash hit since its March 2020 launch, attracting 6 million players in 24 hours, 15 million in 3 days, 30 million in 10 days, 50 million in 1 month, 85 million in 9 months, and 100 million players in 13 months. To cope with the demands of its ballooning player base, co-developer Raven, which has contribu- contributed uh, to every premium Call of Duty game released since 2010, has been on a major recruitment drive over the past year. Quote, I can tell you we've been hiring like crazy at Raven, creative director Amos Hodge told VGC in a Warzone interview published this week to coincide with the launch of Season 3. Quote, we have, we have job we have jobs posted all over the place, and we're looking for new talent. If any of your readers out there are interested, we have more ideas than we can do. Warzone was a smash hit success. All the studios are helping on it, but it's also additional to our normal Call of Duty schedule. We have a normal Call of Duty schedule, and this is on top of that. So we've had to grow really fast. End quote. Awesome stuff. Fran. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Warzone fan, so uh, happy to hear that. I mean, I think it's worth putting out there and a good reminder that uh warzone yeah just blew up and they've been sharing it between you know multiple studios raven has had to take it on um but awesome that they're hiring you know awesome that as much as we hear some some bad stories about activision (laughs) plenty of them in terms of the money that it keeps it looks like it's opening up the coffers for raven and um you know letting them hire people because yeah i can't imagine you know taking this beast on because it needs a lot of work um and it sounds like they got a lot of ideas so so if you're talented uh, or not or want to get into the gaming industry this might be a good opportunity for you yeah it's fun to follow the success of warzone uh because i think it's going to speak to whatever their larger plans for call of duty are uh and so it's going to be interesting to see interesting to see how they tie in future call of duty games with warzone continue to, to develop it um them hiring up at raven speaks that speaks to the fact that warzone is not going anywhere anytime anytime soon i think coming off of 
Call of Duty Black Ops 4, was it? The one with Blackout in it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that after Blackout, Blackout. them releasing Warzone, they, were pro- they probably had somewhat tempered expectations on how it would do. And for it to blow up and be one of the best battle royales or when i say best i mean biggest really biggest battle royale because apex is the best uh would be, be one of the mm-hmm. b- biggest battle royales on the market right now uh you know it's probably a thing that sits well with them because it's call of duty and so call of duty should be able to release a shooter that sits is one of the biggest but for them probably comes as a pleasant surprise because it's not guaranteed that a thing is going to be a hit but yeah. warzone very obviously has been a hit and so good for yeah Raven. i mean it wasn't yeah like you said blackout was good it was a learning experience but it didn't blow up and you know you go back to 2017 when Fortnite started to blow up this world uh obviously to be fair before that PUBG, you know really starting things and the beginning the the wave um but Fortnite just blew it out of the water and there was so much money out there and here we are today that warzone now is on that side and also apex it's been awesome to see i remember actually going to that event for kind of funny seeing the uh, reveal and being like huh this looks mm-hmm. pretty good. It, that was like a year and a half or maybe two That was beginning of 2019. That was two years ago. It's crazy because like Fortnite came out in the summer of 2017. And to think that within a year and a half, Apex came out and look at where it is today. Um, anyway, I'm just glad that we have all these choices because um, I forget if we mentioned it on yesterday's show. I was talking about it. But like eventually, you know, you're going to tire of one, go to the other. You need options. Oh, it was because Battlefield and Halo, we were talking about, yeah. they going to have Battle Royales and, you know, it sounds like a lot, and it is. I always have trouble choosing now. Playing, I mean, Battlefield Apex. did have theirs, right? And it just didn't stack yeah. up to the rest because it was Firestorm. And exactly. it released it after, and people tried it out and just didn't stick with it. Yeah, but are they trying again? You know, is a question. They said Battlefield is going to be the mm-hmm. biggest, you know, that it's ever been, the biggest team. So, man, it's going to yeah. be an exciting year for it, Battlefield. If they try again, they got to make it free to play. That's got to be the yeah. thing, right? Because I think that that's was what probably. Call of Duty learned is, hey, be Blackout, as good as a mode as it is, it's not getting the same player base as you're going to see from other Battle Royales because it's not free to play. That's the thing that ha- that's allowed Fortnite and Apex Legends and other similar Battle Royales to to come through and flourish. PUBG was, pa- was paid, but PUBG was the anomaly that led to something like Fortnite. Yeah. And after Fortnite, I think you have to be free to play if you're going to expect a Battle Royale to be that big. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a big difference, too, between whatever, 2 million paid PUBG players, which you're like, wow, that game, 2 million copies? That's a big number sold. But then Fortnite's like uh, 120 million players. Exactly. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, like, Warzone's like 100, 100 million players. And yeah. Apex, I remember the when it hit 50 million. Like, there are big numbers being Huge. being reported out of free-to-play battle royales. And if, if you're going to put one out, yeah, that's got to be the move. I don't think people are going to... I don't. I don't think if the next Battlefield game comes out and a um, back of the box feature is, hey, we got Battle Royale. I don't think that makes people show up and go, oh yeah, I'm gonna pay money for this. It's like, no, I'm Definitely. gonna play Apex. And so yeah, yeah. If you do Battle Royale right, first of all, you get a ton of store microtransactions that help power the game. But secondly, maybe you introduce people into getting into the paid, you know, campaign or or multiplayer or whatever, like Call of Duty is is doing right now. Let's talk about story number five. Nintendo and Fujifilm are teaming up so you can print your screenshots. This is Joseph Noop at IGN. Barrett, I have a trailer for this one. If you can pull this one up as I'm going through the story. I refuse. I never Never had these things ready. Plus, you know me. Hey, man, do you remember last time? Do you remember last time where I had it in the dock and you did not have it ready? Because you added it late. I added it right before the show. I'm watching it. Listen, you're better than this at Kevin. 
Okay. The specific this part, right? Pulling up the, the videos. I know yeah. Kevin's listening. I just, I just know you if I don't fucked clarify. me over last time, Bless. You added it last second after I already go through the doc. I'm just saying, man. Fair enough. The help new story help, goes like this. Help me help you, I think. All right. <laughs> Again, this is Joseph Noob at IGN. <laughs> Nintendo and Fujifilm are teaming up to make a new miniature printer and smartphone app that will let you take snapshots in Nintendo games and print physical versions. Dubbed the quote, how would I pronounce that? Inst- either InstaX or Instax, but Instax sounds weird. Instax mini link for Nintendo Switch smartphone printer. Uh, the palm-sized device lets you take pictures. You shoot in games like Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Mario Odyssey, and, po- and the new Pokemon Snap, and print out Polaroid versions. You can also add <clears throat> Nintendo characters, filters, and 59 frames to your photos via the smartphone app. The actual mini printer is identical to Fujifilm's other Instax mini link, but it comes with a, re- with a red and blue trim uh, that's similar to the Switch's original Joy-Con controllers. There's also a bundle available that wraps the Instax Mini Link in a Pikachu-shaped case. Fujifilm says the new Instax Mini Link will be released on April 30th, while the Pikachu bundle will be released, quote, in a limited quantity several weeks after the release of the Mini Link Special special Edition, end quote. The Mini Link itself will cost $100, but the Pikachu bundle is only a bit more at $120. I included this as a news story because this is just really cool. I really like this. It It reminds me of the Game Boy camera. Yeah, I uh, it's clearly for Pokemon Snap, and yeah. I actually think it's a cool like little tie-in. Um, presumably, it wasn't even like that hard to do, but <laughs> it's commercial. I'm actually, it's hilarious if you watch. It's just sort of the kind of that cliched like new product, like you know what I mean. Like they're mm-hmm. all so excited to be looking at these printouts, and like I was watching it because I'm trying to unpack. Like, okay, Pokemon Snap, I get, and especially for kids. Maybe some adults, like, I don't know, like, you can have some fun with it, but, like, what are you really going to be that excited about? There's this frame in it of these two old guys in fedoras, and one of them's, like, showing the other guy, and he's so freaking excited. You have to watch the trailer it, it, and give it a look. It's very similar energy to that one woman who, uh, in the Nintendo Switch reveal trailer, where she's, like, she goes to the party with her Switch, and everybody's like, ah, yeah. yeah it's probably the same direction but they're just like all right well we said that we're going to capture an older audience look at how happy they all are but like tell tell me this isn't exciting though you know like printing out all of your pokemon snaps that you just snapped putting them on your wall like decorating look at how i'm getting this shit i'm getting this shit for switch pictures you got you love it i just like the idea of of uh printing out screenshots that seems like a really fun thing yeah, there's even the other right. There's a frame in there. The guys just like got them all like neatly organized on the wall. It's like, yeah, man, I got him. It's all these Hell Pokemon. Yeah. He's so happy. <laughs> Speaking of Pokemon Snap, uh, story number six. There's a new Pokemon Snap website that gives a tour of the Lentil region ahead of, of the launch. Uh, this is Wesley LeBlanc at IGN. New Pokemon Snap has received a snazzy new website dedicated to helping players learn the basics before jumping into the Lentil region when the game launches next week. The game will be released on April 30th, and this new website is perfect for those uh, er, is perfect for those excited for what awaits them in the new Pokemon Snap. The website, aptly named ExploreLentil.com, as if it were the, the tourism site for a real place, will require you to log in with your Nintendo account before gaining access to it. That's because you can earn you can earn my Nintendo points while exploring this site i tried going to this site because this actually sounded like a really fun idea earlier today and mm-hmm. it was down because i assume that people are flocking to it up oh, it's up right now though oh really 
Yeah, man. If we had more time in the show, I'd have Barrett go through it so we can just have, have a little bit of fun, but we're running late. And so you know he won't do that. Keep trucking on. No, I refuse. God damn. <laughs> man, it's like I'm hosting with Kevin right now, right? I'm getting all this pushback, yeah, Barrett. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All this pushback. I just, whenever I oh. run shows, which is like rare now, like I just feel like I, I have to embody Kevin just because I That's know fair. he brings a specific energy. <sighs> but yeah, we are running a little late. so We are running late, so yeah. we do have to move on. Uh, our last news story for the day, story number seven. It Takes Two has sold a million copies. This is Hayes Light at Twitter or on Twitter. Uh, they tweeted out this morning, wow, just found out hashtag It Takes Two has sold over one million copies and is still going strong. Thank you so much for all the love you've shown our game. It means the world to us. And they put a heart emoji. That's awesome. Congratulations That's awesome. to It Takes Two. It's a wonderful game. Yeah, do you have to... Um... <clears throat> I forget. Do you, you can play it on your own, or do you have to play it with two people? You have to play it with two people, and it has to be somebody yeah. you know. There's not random matchmaking, right? Yeah, because yeah, you get the code for free, right, for the second yep. player, which is is awesome. I, I mean, my short comment there was just like I, I think it's awesome that it sold a million copies, and it is that type of it's a very specific idea. Um, and you know, I know brother, it was brothers, right? I played yep, a little brothers, bit of that. Brothers, two sons. It's cool ideas. It's funny. It's very Nintendo, actually. It feels like in in terms of inspiration um, of getting people together, you know. And but I, I'm glad it's doing well. I hope we see more stuff like this. Same. Yeah, I, you mentioning Nintendo, I think is very is very spot on. Uh, as I was playing th- through the game, that was the that was the thing that kept coming to mind. Of like, man, this feels like such a Nintendo game, both in terms of the whimsy of it and the fun mechanics but then also the polish of it like if the it's doing a new thing every scene and i think the way that it's able to pull that off is really cool and really enjoyable and like as a reminder too this is a game published by ea and for uh this game to be an ea original and go on to seem to have successful sales so far is a very cool thing because i think that's gonna that's gonna mean that we're gonna see more from Hazelight coming up and i don't want them to stop because they're very good at making these types of games but fran the next haze light game is probably just so far away. If I wanted to was coming out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got near replicant version 1.22474487139 ellipsis. Uh, that's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, we also got Judgment that's coming out on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Slash S, and Stadia. And then we got Hitman 3's next elusive target, The Politician, that goes live today. New days for you. No Plan B is coming to Steam Early Access this year. Uh, the free prologue launches today. And then speaking of things that are launching, is it today or is it later? I got a tweet here from at Tunic Game. They tweeted out this morning as we were going live for KFPD. Uh They said, play the limited Tunic demo on Steam. So I assume that's actually out today. Uh, yeah. Join us in the official at Finjico Discord for live events and Q&As. And so if you've been... If you've been like many of us and looking forward to Tunic and wanting anything, just anything from Tunic, because that game looks really cool, you can so check good. out the demo. It looks I, so I, good. And I think it's only playable this weekend, so if you want to check it out on Steam, do it. Okay, yeah, I see. It seems like it's it's part of the Ludo Naracon, uh, which is going on for the next three days, and so the, the demo is available now. It's a Zelda-like game, like a top-down Zelda-like game, where he plays, uh, plays a cute fox, and it has voxel graphics. So if that speaks to you, go check dope. out Tunic. Yeah. Frank, people can go 
to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free and they can also write in with their questions we don't have time for questions because again we're running late in the show so i'm skipping straight to you're wrong this is where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so you can correct it for those watching later on youtube and listening later on podcast services around the globe uh that is editorializing and then of course (laughs) <laughs> okay 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 i see i see i see uh, fighting today. wombat writes in and says just clarifying due to an update the cyberpunk refunds thirty thousand are only counting those that emailed the company it doesn't include returns from microsoft best buy gamestop or playstation that is very good to know because as you remember right when the whole cyberpunk thing was going down they asked hey if you want your refund you can email us directly but then also playstation started started actually offering refunds directly when they took the game off the store and so thirty thousand copies isn't the whole story there's more to the story well that's very misleading (laughs) wait a second that's all right maybe we'll hear more of the full number later yeah, I'd be shocked if we do because I don't think play. I don't think that's a number that PlayStation would put out there themselves, right? True. Like, and I wonder how much. I wonder if Cyberpunk or CD Projekt Red, I should say, has the authority to be able to come out and even say those numbers, or if they would, they would even want to. I think thirty thousand is a number you say because it comes off as a better number. <laughs> you know, like we sold, we sold this many million, thirty thousand refunded. But think about how small of a number that is compared to the thirteen million we sold. Uh, if the number is actually way higher than that, then I, I can get why they're like, let's keep that hush and give yeah. this number that feels somewhat official. Yeah, maybe that was it. They decided, you know, we're going to give part of the story, which is true. But if this yeah. truly is exact, yeah, that it's only a small part of the total number. Because, yeah, the help me refund program was just one part of it, I guess. Exactly. Interesting. Could be some smoke and mirrors to get you not to. But I, I still it, don't it imagine went, it's. It's 1,000% yeah. smoke and mirrors. This is CDPR <laughs> being kind of misleading, but giving a factual yeah. statement to help lend some uh not direness to the story yeah. if you know what i mean even if it was a hundred thousand or 200 you'd still out of 13 million it's um, they still sold many copies yeah. that probably were not refunded that is true yeah this but maybe we'll never know this has been friday's kind of funny games daily that means that we have a whole ass week coming up next week uh your host for next week go like this on monday it's me and tim on tuesday it's greg and gary Witta. wednesday it's me and question marks. I don't think we know who's hosting with me on Wednesday yet. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim. And then on Friday, it's Greg and me. You know what? I said we don't know. Tentatively, it is Tim Gettys. Wednesday should be me and Tim. Uh, and then, yeah, Friday, it is Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this, is Mike doing a community stream and playing what, Barrett? Uh, we're getting people together from the community to play some Smash Brothers. So if you want to come join oh, and uh, show show your might in Smash Bros, wow, uh, come Tempty. join us. And then maybe uh, if we have time, if time allows us, maybe we'll get uh, some of the Fortnite Bros in here and play some Fortnite. Oh, oh man, I am jealous of of uh, fun Friday. Smash Brothers. I would want to. I'd want to actually play some of that. But of course, I got to turn around and watch some Mortal Kombat right after this, and so that should be fun. This. It's been Kind of Funny Games daily, each and every weekday, live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We actually don't have a Patreon post show uh, for today because we're running on a very tight schedule. Barrett doesn't have time to stick around to record the post show because we got to get into the stream right after this. And so bear with us, Patreon. Hope you guys understand. Um, but of course, we got a Patreon. We, we got a Kind of Funny Games daily coming up next week. More of it, like always. And so stay tuned for that. Otherwise, until next time, Fran, where can people find your work? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you catch me on Twitch, usually streaming kind of late, uh, twitch.tv slash FM3 with an underscore at the end.
But thanks for Hell having yeah. me on. Until next time, Game Daily.